Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash, and this is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing, and today is no exception. We have none other than Mike Ayala, one of the principals at Four Peaks Capital Partners. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Victor. Look forward to it. Mike, so you started out in the world of construction, a completely different field, in fact, in a bit of a small town. And today you're in a big city focused on lots of big projects. Give us a little bit of the backstory. Yeah, so I'm I, out of school like everyone else, just kind of trying to figure out what you, what you want to be when you grow up. And I had a guy that I had known for a while that asked me to come to work for his uh, plumbing and heating company. And I'd kind of passed on it for a bit. But then over time, I realized I, I needed to get working and making some money. So I, I went to work as a plumber and, and went through a, a four-year trade school and, you know, kind of quickly progressed through the ranks. I ended up uh, through happenstance, which I won't go into, I ended up running a $3 million casino expansion kind of by accident, which kind of propelled my career. And I had worked for um, the, the project superintendent at that point in time was kind of a hard guy to deal with. And he taught me how to really, um, you know, assemble crews and put things together to make timelines that are unrealistic, realistic. And, and I, I just learned a ton through that experience. But my wife was pregnant with our third child at that point in time. And I was working out of town, working 90 hours a week and um, realized I didn't want to be away from my kids and family. And so, you know, we decided to kind of venture out on our own if we're going to put in those kind of hours, just kind of do our own things. So, yeah, so we, we started a, a plumbing and heating company in 2004, um, which um, accelerated pretty quick. We grew to over 100 employees in a short period of time. We were on the Inc. fastest growing companies in America list. Um, just learned a ton about operating companies through that time and um, just had a lot of fun and ended up selling that company in 2014. That's awesome. So what what made you sell the company? It sounded like you had a good thing going. We did, but uh, you know, I, I always come back to the the most important thing in life. And that's really, you know, if if a business isn't serving your family goals and your personal goals, you really have to, you know, con- consider if it's the right thing. And um, my wife and I had some other long-term goals that weren't necessarily aligning with my partner's goals. And it wasn't a bad situation. It just, I knew that down the road, it was going to come to a point where we were heading in different directions. And so, you know, through some different opportunities that came together, we um, figured out a way to structure a, a sale agreement. And I sold the, the company to my partner and you know, just decided to kind of focus on my, my wife and I's personal goals and, and the family. So it, it was a good, good turn of events. Sometimes those life decisions are difficult in the moment, but in retrospect, they just seem so clear. And, and congratulations on making that decision. I appreciate it. And it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say, you know, selling a company, I think sometimes is the best and worst day of your life. But um, I learned a ton through it and realized that what's next is sometimes better. So Fantastic. So now you're in the Phoenix market? Yeah, um, that was kind of an interesting whole process. So after I sold the company, you know, I'm 34 years old and um, achieved in air quotes, the the American dream, but you kind of find yourself, you know, looking for something more. We've got to have a purpose in life. And so I, I literally was chewing on the Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I kind of, as, as you alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, I I was from a small town and Russ, Russ Gray from the real estate guys actually put it, you know, I was a, a big fish in a small pond. And so I was kind of looking around and I really wanted to, um, you know, find some smarter, better people to be around. And, you know, Robert Helms of, of the real estate guys, he always says, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you need to find a bigger room. And so I was really chewing on all that and um, wanted to, you know, just kind of expand my, my thinking. And so I, I 
went to a real estate guys event in Phoenix, Arizona, 2016, early 2016. And my, my mind was just blown the quality of people there. I, I definitely found five, maybe 50 people that could definitely expand my average. So um, it's, it's been a, a, a roller coaster since then, but I joined the inner circle mentoring club with the real estate guys. And, you know, over time talking with Russ, I, I just really realized if I wanted to expand my real estate investing career and expand the network, I, I needed to get to a bigger location. And so through a turn of events, we ended up in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's just been a great move for us and, and the family. Congratulations. I think you and I were both at that event in Phoenix back in 2016. And, and I agree, there was a ton of just intense wisdom and knowledge in that room in a very, very concentrated space and a concentrated time period. It's so true. I mean, you just can't even begin to understand the quality of people that assemble at these events. And I, I've just loved getting to know you better and spending time. You've blown my, blown my mind and thinking many times. Oh, thank you for that. So fast forward to today, you're one of the principals of Four Peaks Capital Partners. You're partnered with Andrew Lenoy, Inyaki and the team, growing the portfolio. What have you accomplished over the last couple of years and what's the vision? Yeah, so through that uh, inner circle group, I, I met Andrew Lenoy. Um, you know, we spent some time. He was already in the mobile home park space. I had bought my first mobile home park back in the mid-2000s. Well, it was probably 2007, actually, um, and had assembled a couple more since then. And kind of realized as I wanted to get into the, you know, further into the real estate investing arena full-time, I wanted to stay in the mobile home park space for a lot of reasons, which we can get into in a little bit. But Andrew Lenoy was kind of already in that space. Well, not kind of, he was definitely in that space and had already, um, you know, built kind of uh, the infrastructure for a lot of it. And I had a lot of operations experience. So, you know, over the course of a year, we talked quite a bit and ended up teaming up with Park Place Communities. Um, We're currently have about 24 parks now and have built out a construction company and a management company. And then we shifted gears a little bit last year and started Four Peaks Capital Partner Group, um, which is our equity firm. And we just, you know, focus on investor returns and, and compiling capital and investing in mobile home parks across the country. We're currently in 14 states. That's quite a decent sized portfolio. Is there a particular asset type that you're looking to acquire? Yeah, so we focus on uh, primarily on turnaround projects. We do blend um, a stabilized park in every once in a while when we find a good deal. But today, it's it's pretty hard to find um, deals with decent cap rates that are stabilized. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of money chasing mobile home parks now. So um, with our construction company, we've got about a a fifty person construction company. We're able to take distressed parks that a lot of other operators would not look at, and we can still find um, really good deals on them. Um, because they're of the occupancy levels. I mean, sometimes these are 50, 60% occupied and we'll literally come in and between a couple different processes we use, we can rehab homes. We've got crews in five different states, five different construction crews. We can rehab homes. We get the infrastructure turned around that a lot of other operators won't touch. And we've also got some programs where we can bring in a lot of new homes with um, little out of pocket for us and our investors um, and, you know, basically provide affordable housing for the people of America, which, you know, there's just a huge affordable housing need today. So we're, we're pretty optimistic on the space and and just kind of love what we do. But yeah, our core is the turnaround model for sure. So there's still a bit of a stigma against mobile home parks, and there are very few of them getting approved. What's your assessment of the market? Is there increasing demand, especially if they're in a good area? What do you think is going on in the marketplace? Yeah, I definitely think it's creating increased demand. And and you're 100% right. A lot of communities are, you know, they just don't, because of that stigma, they don't want to see new parks come into place. And, 
And, and I will caution everyone. That's one thing you've got to be really great. And Victor, you're always awesome about talking about this stuff, but you've got to be really great in due diligence, making sure that you're not going to get yourself into a community where, you know, this park was grandfathered in before, but because of laws, when you take over a park, um, there's certain things you are not going to be able to do that the previous owner would do. So definitely got to watch out for all that. Um, but yeah, you're, you're hundred percent right. It's definitely creating more demand because they're not being made. And there's just really not a whole lot of options for affordable housing out there. And Andrew um, talks about this all the time, but you know, 50% of Americans are living on $600 a week or less. And um, you know, we're just having an affordable, affordable housing tragedy. It's um, there's a real need out there. So um, this is solving a big problem. Certainly some of the older mobile homes, if they've been sitting on a home site for more than a couple of years, they're not going to move. If you do, they're just going to fall apart. But then you've got some new players like Clayton Homes, part of Berkshire Hathaway. My, sis, my sense is they're building a much higher quality product. What are you seeing? Or is, is the quality come up in the market? Yeah, the quality is amazing. Um, in fact, our team regularly tours plants. We've got a great relationship with Clayton Homes. Um, we'll probably buy somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 70 homes from Clayton this year. And you know, to your point, when you're walking through a manufactured home today, um, coming off the factory line, there, you can't really tell the difference between that home and a new stick built home. The, you know, you can get two by six walls. The insulation's great depending on the market you're in. The finish qualities are amazing. In fact, we were just having a, a conversation with a, a Clayton rep and literally the top managers of the manufacturing facility are the last people to walk through that home. And they're really, really stringent on their quality guidelines and, you know, vinyl windows, the, the, the sear ratings are top notch. And so they've come a long, long ways from the 1970s. They sure have. In fact, I was having a conversation with a general manager from, um, from Clayton Homes, one of their factories in Texas. Uh, this was shortly after Hurricane Harvey, looking to see if they had any capacity for a project that we were looking to build. And they were telling me at that time that they were not willing to even consider taking on any new business for perhaps as much as 18 months because they were that fully committed with their existing order book. Have you found that situation to be uh, an impediment for you in any way? You know, you go through certain times of the year where it's harder to get homes delivered. You know, they, they can get out as far as 16 weeks for delivery. So it's really, um, it's like any other business. Uh, you can't fly by the seat of your pants. We've, we've found we have to do some long range planning and as much as we'd like to, you know, set 10 or 15 homes a month in certain markets. Um, you just really got to plan that out throughout the year. And it takes a lot of communication. We look at our vendors, uh, specifically Clayton Homes, as a partner. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time at, at the table with them, just, you know, doing planning and, and delivery schedules, all that. So it, it really just takes some coordination. Well, just like any other business, uh, if you can't, like you said, you can't fly by the seat of the pants. That's correct. I did, as a little side note, I, I, I get a, a report every every month from the Manufactured Housing Institute, and and they're they're delivering between eight and nine thousand manufactured homes a month right now, which is pretty impressive. That's not just Clayton; that's across the board. But right, pretty, right. pretty impressive. That is a fairly significant volume. So, if you look forward the next twelve twenty four months, what's on the horizon for you? You know, we're um, we're we're still pretty optimistic. Uh, there's you know, it's getting harder and harder to find find deals, but this the the type of turnaround projects we do, we're we're still pretty optimistic. We're looking to acquire probably another 1500 units through the end of, of this year. Um, next year, you know, we got some pretty optimistic goals, but you know, one thing that you've taught me, Victor, um, 
there's, there's other, there's always other uh, methods and means. And so as we look to scale, um, it, it's, it's pretty tough, you know, buying one park at a time. So we're kind of switching, not that we won't buy one park at a time, but we've kind of started focusing more on great portfolio deals. We did a portfolio deal in the first quarter of um, nine parks that were bundled together and, and we're kind of looking to scale. And, and again, back to what you teach, um, you, you talk a lot about, um, you know, if you've got a button company, it, it might make sense to go out and buy a zipper company. And so we're kind of looking at that too. Um, as, as deals get harder and harder to find, it may make sense for us uh, in order to keep the returns flowing for our investors. It may make sense for us to, you know, maybe buy out some other operators or, or look at how to scale, you know, faster than one park at a time. So that, that's kind of what we're working on right now. Um, and then I will say too, uh, we've been working a lot on building out the team. Uh, a lot of times as real estate investors, we, you know, we get the idea that it's all about the deal and, you know, we grow up buying one home at a time and love the deal, but this is like any other business and you've got to make sure that the team is paramount. It's more important than the deal. It's more important than the asset class you're buying. It's more important than the location you're in. Um, the team is the most important thing in any business. And, and so that's what we've really been working on assembling the the right team. And we've built a great team over the last 12 months. We're going to continue over the next 12 months to just, you know, grow our team and, and find the right team members. So you're now fully entrenched in the Phoenix market, of course, investing in multiple markets nationwide. How has being in Phoenix changed your day to day, who you're interacting with, who you're learning from? You know, um, it's, it's just been amazing. There's, there's, um, great, great people here. Um, a lot of our mentors live here. A lot of people that we go on the investor summit at sea are in this market, but not just within that group. I, I meet brokers every single day um, that I, I wouldn't have known if I wasn't here. Um, I meet bankers, insurance people. And again, back to the team, literally um, it's the most important part. And so the vendor opportunity, people that it can align with your business, it opens up a whole other opportunity coming from a small town. It's It's pretty tough to um, you know, find the vendors that can align and 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 scale with you quickly. But that that's one thing that Phoenix has really opened up a lot of doors for us. Fantastic. So, if folks want to get in touch with you. How can they do that? Um, probably the best way uh, just head over to our website www.fourpeakspartners.com, or they can reach out to me at mike at fourpeakspartners.com. Wonderful, Mike. As always, great to catch up with you, and um, I know we'll see you at the next live event. Look forward to it, Victor. Thanks for your time. All right. Thanks so much. I love that conversation with Mike Ayala. He's one of these people who, when he encounters an obstacle, decides to make a change. He picked up his entire family, moved out of the town that he was living in, and moved to Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, He's an action taker. He puts together the right teams. He's just very focused on getting it done and getting it done well. Definitely someone you can learn from. And if you're interested, potentially even as a passive investor, take a look at Four Peaks Capital Partners. They really have a great thing going. I've got to know all of the principles of the company, and they're very, very strong people. So I love that what they're doing. They've got a great business model. And check them out, Four Peaks Capital Partners. In the meantime, have a great rest of your weekend. Make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.